When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Brood, and it feels good to be back, uh, as is the case with the NBA offseason. There are just days we like don't record. <laughs> uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about at this stage of the offseason. A month from now, that will be very different as training camp starts ramping up. But until then... We have to figure out how to keep you all and ourselves, really, because we're the ones that have to spend half an hour uh, doing this. Um, but it is very easy to do when you have a great pal like you, Jacob. Uh, how oh, are wow. you doing? Impressive segue. Impressive. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well. We actually are going to have uh, to totally switch sports here to start. I will actually be a Dodger fan for this week because the Reds and Padres are fighting for the wildcard spot and the Dodgers play the Padres this week. So for one of the few times in my life, let's go Dodgers. It's also just like a case of, uh, uh, at least in, in your case, the lesser of two evils. And in my opinion, that is the Dodgers. I think the Padres suck. Um, (laughs) And I would like to see the Dodgers beat them. Um, Agreed. So yeah. I, this is the first time I have been able to watch meaningful August baseball since almost a decade, like 2012, 2013. So I forgot the whole aspect of like, I, I'm, I was just watching Reds games and like still being kind of surprised they won. And then I, uh, kept realizing, oh, I need to pay attention to the Padres score too. That whole scoreboard watching aspect, I'm still mm-hmm. catching up on. But uh, shout out to the Padres for a truly incredible collapse. I don't know <laughs> if it's going to continue. Uh, as we speak, the Reds are now a game up on the Padres after I don't know how big the lead was. I It was big enough that I wasn't even paying attention to the standings until about maybe two or three weeks ago. And the Padres like on one hand their ownership does what I wish like every baseball team would do and continually goes for it but uh they did not go for the right guys because they are plummeting down the standings right now um all I, all I gotta say is Corey Seager starting to look more like his normal self Mookie Betts is gonna be you to show up to a game I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. He homered because he knew I was there, which is very nice of him. How nice of him. Uh, I also got my replica ring that night. The parking at Dodger Stadium is, should be illegal because uh, <laughs> it is a form of torture. I think the government should look into it. Um, unusual punishment. Yeah, it sucks. And it was so bad uh, that I think it took me at least 45 minutes to, one, get like get into the parking lot and then find parking. It was bad, 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 bad. I and, can't even imagine. Uh, it was so long that despite us leaving like two hours early to the game, by the time I got to the gate, it was like 15 minutes till first pitch. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't, 
I didn't get the replica ring. It's first 40,000 uh, fans and just t- take the L and watch the Dodgers play the freaking Pirates. That's my reward for waiting all that time. And lo and behold, as I walk through the gates past security, somebody taps me on the shoulder and I'm like, oh, great. They're going to search me. But no, <laughs> it's somebody with a box of replica rings saying, do you want a replica ring? And I was like, yes. <laughs> wow. Yes, I do. Uh, you guys can't see it if you're listening, but before we continue, there it is in all of its glory. I wish I I have a I was kind of looking around my desk. I'm not sure where I put it. I have a Lakers one of those for mm. the 2009 title um, against the Magic. I don't know where I put it. I honestly found it on eBay. Uh, I assume they had a similar promotion where they just gave it away during one of the games the following season, but I have one of those as well. They're they're really cool. I, yeah. I really enjoy those. It has a good weight to it. I might just I might just podcast it, podcast with it on that. <laughs> um we thought it would be a good idea today, moving back to basketball. Although we could power rank uh the NL West. I would appreciate that just for the jokes. I hate um, all of them because they all beat the Reds all season long. <laughs> that is my ranking. Uh, we thought it would be a, a good idea to look at how the Western Conference might look going into the 2021-22 season now that the dust has mostly settled in free agency. As many of you know, the Lakers still have a three guaranteed contracts that they can hand out. Uh, going into training camp, there have been rumors of them bringing in players, most notably Isaiah Thomas, depending on how you view Isaiah Thomas. Um, oh, I'm actually just looking at the site. I've I've had the last few days off. Um, I did not see that James Ennis likes some tweets. That would be cool. Uh, James, Ennis, James Ennis really wants to be a Laker. If you guys did not see today, he was... <laughs> uh late last week people were tweeting at him to sign with the lakers and he kept liking all of those tweets so james ennis is it's the most 2021 way of like tipping your hand but (laughs) he very much is uh making it known he wants to be a laker but like any any guy that's available at this stage of free agency probably isn't gonna move the needle that much and for that reason i feel comfortable saying that the guys that the Lakers have right now are the guys that they're going to go to war with in the playoffs and the ones that are going to close games. So, uh, yeah, we can, we can start either. So what, what we're doing is we're using this site, um, that some of you may know it's a site called tier maker where you list things, uh, from tier S to tier F. Uh, Jacob, we could start with tier F or tier S. And for those that don't know, S tier is like God tier. Um, and for those who know what God tier is, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. How about that? Uh, well, we can start at the top because that's probably most topical considering it's a Laker podcast. Um, because I only have one team in the S tier and it is the Lakers. I, it's odd because. I thought last year there were a lot of um, 
a lot of teams kind of in that general area. I didn't think the Lakers were a clear favorite really through virtue of a couple notable injuries, um, things like that. I think the Lakers are kind of, even with three open roster spots uh, yet, I think they're kind of the clear favorites in the Western conference right now. Yeah. It's interesting because I think because of the way the Lakers ended last season and kind of the, the, the amount of roster turnover and uncertainty with how Westbrook's going to fit and all of that, uh, combined with my own opinions on the teams in the next tier, uh, you can make an argument that there is no S-tier team. But I think given the fact that the Lakers have arguably the only big three in the Western Conference right now, uh, let's hope that Clay comes don't back. Consider Mike Conley, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert a big three. Listen, let's we're, we'll we'll gloss over that. We'll get we'll get into we'll, we'll circle back to that one right, right. bit. But um, I mean, you have two former MVPs, one that had an MVP candidacy as early as last season uh, and was a legitimate MVP candidate the season before that. Uh, defensive player of the year candidate i just don't i think it'll take a while for them to look really really good like i don't think it's going to be a repeat of the 2019-20 season where they were good from day one i think there will be some growing pains and there will be nights where lakers fans get frustrated with you know westbrook and the lineups frank plays with you know, how he staggers LeBron and Westbrook. I get all of that. At the end of the day, if I have to put my money on one team, making it out of the Western Conference, it is the team with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. And for that reason, they are also the only team I have been my S tier. It feels like we're sliding the Phoenix Suns not to have them in this tier. but. I don't want to speak for you, but for me, I just, I did not leave that first round series with the Lakers thinking that the Suns were the best team in the Western Conference. And even when they got to the NBA Finals, there were many a series along the way where I was like, God damn it. (laughs) If only the Lakers stayed healthy Uh, because the Suns are a good team. But I think when when completely healthy, the Lakers are still a tier above them. Yeah, I mean, we can jump to them because I have them the next tier down um, in the A tier. So I, I don't know how to word this without sounding kind of like sour grapes. But yeah, I mean, I had the exact same thoughts. Like it was frustrating that series because even like game six when they weren't they were so far from healthy and so far from playing well and like had they not spotted Devin Booker an insane first quarter like they'd have been right there in that game they were for the final three quarters um they just could not get the three-pointer to put them over the top that that's still so frustrating even however many months later so um yeah 
every playoff run, especially every finals run, requires a good bit of good fortune. And the Suns got that. They maybe got a little more of that than normal. Um, Obviously, they play a AD-less Lakers, a Jamal Murray-less Nuggets, and a Kawhi-less Clippers. Um, You play who's in front of you. So I can't really hold that against them too much. But, yeah, coming into a new season, um, I the Lakers, uh, knock, please knock on wood, are going to be at full health. I mean, also, if we're talking about, like, likelihood of winning a title, we also saw what happened to the Heat and Lakers the year after they had a short offseason. Mm-hmm. And the Suns are going to be right there in that boat with a very old Chris Paul that's very important to their team. I don't know if he's going to be able to play that well again. Maybe he's like LeBron and is ageless to a certain extent, but that was a really good Chris Paul season, and I don't know how many more of those he has. So I have them the tier below with a couple other teams, but yeah, I mean, it does feel somewhat harsh, but at the same time, it was, I don't want to call it a lucky playoff run. It was a playoff run with a lot of good fortune, I should say. Yeah, and make no mistake, like, another big reason the Lakers were in the S tier for me was because of the injuries in the Western Conference. Uh, not to say I, I think the Lakers' title aspirations hinge on that. I think the Lakers are going to be a good team regardless, but... The Lakers are going to are expected, I should say, to catch a few breaks themselves with Kawhi uh, potentially not playing at all next season for the Clippers. We'll see what happens with that. Jamal Murray is in the same boat in the Nuggets, more so than the Suns were the team I was worried about in the Western Conference last year. And then who knows what Clay's going to look like when he comes back or uh, you know if he's going to start the season healthy. It's you know, the again, Lakers are going to catch a few breaks themselves. Uh, in theory, knock on wood. Hope they're healthy. Hope, uh, hope they can stay healthy. But I mean, beyond that, like I said, I I think they would have been in the S tier regardless. The other team I mentioned just right now, um, even without Jamal Murray. When you have an MVP candidate, Nikola Jokic, and a budding star, if you want to call him that, and uh, Michael Porter Jr., I think they have enough to justify staying in that A tier. Um, Because even when Jamal Murray went down, they did enough to stay in that upper echelon of the Western Conference. And I think you have to give them their props. Yeah, I have them in in the tier along with the uh sons um it was a uh, it was interesting last year the timing of jamal murray's injury basically meant they just had to throw campazo in there and just kind of make do i'll be interested to see how they adjust their kind of play style with there's a decent chance jamal murray doesn't play this year and you can't just make do with campazo for a whole season or whether it's Austin Rivers, whoever it is you're going to have at point guard, mm-hmm. um, Monty Morris, whatever. So I'll be interested to see 
Maybe it becomes more of a two-man game with Jokic and MPJ. Uh, maybe Aaron Gordon gets, I mean, I'm sure he'll be involved in there as well. So um, I'm interested to see how they kind of adjust. I really liked them signing Jeff Green. I mean, Jeff Green has become like a good NBA player. Like he's been that for a while. Um, He's a really good small ball option, forward option. Um, And then they basically retained everybody, Um, brought back Will Barton, brought back Jamichael Green. So I... I only have him a tier below because Jamal Murray was so important to what they did. And him and Jokic were honestly terrifying together at times, Mm -hmm. especially, I mean, Lakers fans saw it in that playoff series. They were the team I was always most worried about. Um, Jokic is still an MVP. So he, there's still kind of that baseline. It'll be interesting to see how they adapt though. It could be, it could be, I don't want to say equally terrifying, but I guess a different kind of terrifying if him and MPJ kind of get that same kind of chemistry as him and Jamal Murray have. The last team for me that I have in the in the A tier are the Utah Jazz. Um, if you're off the Utah Jazz boat, uh, assuming you ever got on, because a lot of people didn't because of their lack of faith in Rudy Gobert, there were plenty of reasons even last season to get off the boat, especially when it comes to Rudy Gobert. However, the fact that they were able to bring in Rudy Gay and Eric Pascal and to a much lesser extent, Hassan Whiteside, while only losing Derek Favors, the fact that they were able to add talent without really overhauling their roster, um, I think they're going to be good again next year. We'll see what that translates to in the playoffs. And obviously another year of development for Donovan Mitchell, who is just so good. I enjoy watching him play so much. And I can't wait until, you know, four or five years from now when he demands a trade of the Lakers and we get like (laughs) Zion and Donovan Mitchell, whatever, wherever the cards fall, it'll be too two people that you really like right now will be on the Lakers in five years. That's how it works. I like the, I like the optimism. Um, <laughs> in, yeah. In signing Whiteside and Rudy Gay, they honestly improved at center and on players named Rudy. Um, <laughs> they, uh, well, I am fully out on the Utah jazz. I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this. Uh, Oh, are they going to be good or, Oh, are they, um, is this the year they finally break through? Like, no, we're not, they need to actually start proving something like we do this every year. It all, it, it plays out the exact same way in the playoffs every time. Like, no, I'm not doing this anymore with them. They're, if I were ranking within the tiers, I have the Suns, Nuggets and Jazz in this same tier and they'd be the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. I got, they they're they're gonna be a good regular season team they're gonna shoot lots of threes they're gonna make lots of threes everybody's gonna talk about how analytically great they are and then the playoffs are gonna come around and some team is gonna be able to pull rudy gobert away from the rim and their whole entire defensive game plan is just gone like it's how it plays out every year that's how the 
Clippers absolutely destroyed them. Uh, I, was it game six, game five or game six, whatever game they sealed it on. Um, that's, that was how they did it. That same, that same corner that, uh, that Terrence Mann was just raining threes from with Gobert as a late closeout because they went small and the Jazz never have an answer for that. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, though, I mean, he is incredible. He, I, he just keeps improving. Maybe it plays out a little differently if he isn't hurt in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're just kind of whatever to me at this point. Like, they're a really good regular season team. They'll win around. Maybe they win two rounds if they're lucky, but I'm not really worried about them come playoff time. There's one team that I would not be super against putting in the A tier, but I didn't, and I will explain why shortly. Uh, but to me, that team is the Dallas Mavericks. What Luca did over the summer was insane and I think he's only going to get better like I, I think we're going to see another just silly Luka Doncic series and Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, was one of the surprises of the 2020-21 season for me the fact that they were able to re-sign him was really good the reason they're not in that A tier for me is because that third piece to their big three uh, was supposed to be the second best player on their team. And that's Christoph Porzingis and nothing about what he does and what he did in the playoffs last year makes me think that he's the guy. And I think the Mavericks really want him to be the guy. And as, and as long as that's true, I don't know, man, I just think there's a ceiling on that group. And that's especially true when, you know, it seems like, Mark Cuban's just kind of sitting on his hands when it comes to this roster. I think the the biggest move, move they made in the offseason, and I want to say the only one uh, that I saw of, of no is them signing Reggie Bullock, which, again, is a good signing. I love Reggie Bullock, and I think he'll fit really well in that system, giving Luka another shooter to kick out to. But I, you're putting a lot of faith in a roster that honestly hasn't been that impressive. Yeah, in my putting them a tier below has nothing to do with Luca. Hmm. Like if there's any one player that I'm scared to play the most in the Western Conference right now, uh, I w- it'd be Luca or Steph. Yeah. Um, I, w- I was starting to say that, and I may- I double-checked before I got to that point. <laughs> it'd be Luca or Steph. So a- either of those two guys. As you said, Luca had an absolutely insane uh, Olympics the problem is that they just didn't really address any of the other issues that they have. Like they rely a ton on him and we saw what happened in the, that Clipper series where he can go bonkers, but in that Clipper series, he was wearing down by the fourth quarter and then nobody yeah. else, Tim Hardaway a couple times uh, played really well and got him over the line. But like, as you said, Kristaps is just absolutely flamed out. Um, he's not really been any kind of answer. And, yeah, the only signing they made of note was Reggie Bullock. Um, they're always in that 
conversation for someone or i don't maybe they insert themselves repeatedly i don't know they wanted to get lowry um and obviously didn't if they get goran dragic as like a buyout i would probably move them up into that next year because mm-hmm. that address is a pretty big need is to just give them somebody else that can do something other than luca in terms of creation right um but yeah for right now I probably still have them a tier below because it's, I mean, it's a better version of Luca. He's still terrifying, but all of their weaknesses still exist and they didn't really do anything to address that. Which is so weird. Yeah. Cause when you have, when you have a player of Luca's caliber, I mean, my thinking is you, you just go all out. You, and again, as you said, they certainly tried. It seems like Kyle Lowry was plan a, um, and they had that flexibility to pivot in theory, but they weren't able to. And I think when that happens, you have to be a little more aggressive than just, you know, signing Reggie Bullock. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Goran Dragic is certainly an option. I really like Goran, uh, so I wouldn't mind that at all. But who knows? Uh, I have... Only one other team in the B tier. I don't know about you. You have two. Okay, okay. So the only other team I have in the B tier, uh, and I think I know who your other team is, uh, so I'll let you explain. But for me, it is the Warriors, because I'm assuming Clay's going to come back healthy. It seems like he's had ample recovery time, and um, I think that Iguodala signing is going to be more impactful to the Warriors and a lot of people realize um, just having a guy that's been in that system before and can bring other guys along, I think is going to be really helpful. And then obviously the additions of uh, Jonathan Kuminga and um, who was the other one that they picked up? Uh, Moses Moody. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll be staples in the rotation every night. I imagine Kuminga will be, but they have enough there between Steph Clay, Draymond, and and Juan Toscano Anderson, who I love. Um, and you know, if James Wiseman makes a leap like we saw with DeAndre Ayton, you know, we could be looking at by the end of the season one of those S tier, A tier teams. But for now, because they were they they didn't even make the playoffs last year, no thanks to the Lakers. Um I, I have to keep them in this B tier, although I could see why people would have them lower. Uh, but for me, maybe this is just my love for Steph Curry and that Warriors team. Um, but they're in the B tier for me. Oh, I'll get, I'll do you one better. I originally had him in the A tier <laughs> and I took him down uh, mainly because the most recent report about Clay Thompson is that they're targeting Christmas as his return. Mm. Um, if he were coming into the season like healthy starting from training camp, I would probably have them a tear up. I liked a couple of the moves they made. Um, getting getting Otto Porter Jr. is good in theory. He just ah. needs to be healthy for them yeah. to for that to matter, and that's been his biggest issue for his whole career, honestly. If he's healthy, that will be good. Uh, Kaminga and Moody are solid. 
I probably see them more as like trade bait or trade assets mm-hmm. than anything else, especially in Wiseman as well. Maybe they get something. I don't really know what. I don't think it's enough for Ben Simmons. I also don't really know how Ben Simmons fits in that. They'll be a player for any big name that becomes available, I think. Um, So I put them in the B tier. Um, I could pretty easily see them in the A tier by the end of the season and maybe the best of the A tier, depending on how healthy Clay looks. Big if, but depending on how healthy he looks. The other team I have in there, despite it's an it's a team with another major injury. Despite that, I would still probably put the Clippers in the B tier. Um, Lakers fans, which I'm assuming most of you are, may want to skip 15 seconds ahead. <laughs> Paul George was really good in the playoffs, right? And he kind of finally stepped up to where everybody had, I guess, kind of expected him for some time so if you're getting that level of him reggie jackson was incredible like there's no way he plays that what as well as he did in the playoffs over the a full season but he was still averaging 18 a game on 40 percent three-point shooting like they have enough pieces to still be a really good team um i have to knock them contractually a little bit for acquiring eric blood so um I, that commit to the bit the brand yeah. is strong <laughs> yeah i uh will say i did not enjoy watching him play on the pelicans last year it'll probably be a lot different because he's playing on a contender and actually cares he's he just did not give a damn with uh with the pelicans but yeah i mean i mean marcus morris is still there if abaka is able to stay healthy big if he's still going to be impactful for them um canard showed kind of flashes at time batum was really good in the olympics as well so i mean like they have a lot of pieces around them terrence Mann obviously was incredible in the playoffs there's enough like role players around them i mean literally what they're missing is another star <laughs> and if they had that they would i would honestly probably put them in the s tier so right. um even without Kawhi, who i assume is going to be out the whole season they're still pretty good. They're going to give teams fits on nights, especially when they shoot really well. And uh, I, I still, I don't know that they're ever going to be higher than that because there's a pretty hard ceiling on what they can be uh, with this current roster, but they're still going to be a, a pretty good team. I think. Yeah. I think the thing that kept them out of the B tier for me was the question of, who is their closing five with Kawhi out? And the answer that I got wasn't awe-inspiring. Like, I imagine it'll be Eric Bledsoe at the one, Reddy Jackson at the two, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and God, if you're going small, Nick Batum, uh, actually, I probably put Nick Batum over Marcus Morris in that closing lineup, but the point stands. I just, ugh, I don't know if that lineup wins you games uh, against you know some of the other teams, specifically the teams that they're in that tier with. And yeah, I think 
I honestly think it's going to be a, a pretty rough season for the Clippers. I think that Justin Justice Winslow signing was sneaky good. I think he addresses some of the problems that they'll have with Patrick Beverly now gone. Um, he's a he doesn't talk nearly as much as Patrick <laughs> Beverly does. Uh, he's another guy. I mean, if he's healthy, he's he'll be really good. But uh, again, another huge question mark about whether he's ever actually going to stay healthy. And then like. Sergi Baca is the guy I really wanted on the Lakers, and I hope he can come back healthy. If he is, that's a big help for them. And it'd probably be a little higher on them. But man, I don't know. I used for the last two seasons, excuse me, Jesus. <laughs> for the last two seasons, I've gone into the season just a little fearful of the Clippers of just even seeing them in the postseason. Um this season, I don't feel that. This is the first time since they've had Paul George and Kawhi that I haven't been that worried about seeing the Clippers in the postseason. That's because they only have one of Paul George and Kawhi. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll finish out uh, making this this tier. So that'll that'll be us. All right, we have done tiers S, A, and B. Uh, the teams left on the board are the Portland Trailblazers, New Orleans, Pel- New Orleans Pelicans, Memphis Grizzlies, San Antonio Spurs, Minnesota Timberwolves, Houston Rockets, Sacramento Kings, Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, let's start with your first team in the C tier, which I think is the tier that I found myself putting most of these teams in. I, I only have two teams in this tier. So wow. I think there'll be a I think there's a pretty big drop off to the C tier. And then I think there's another drop off to the D tier. I have the Blazers as currently constructed because who knows what they're going to be like in th- two months when the season starts. And then I have the Grizzlies with them. Um Portland. I mean, uh, Neil O'Shea, sorry, I blanked on the GM's name. Neil O'Shea kind of proved Damian Lillard's point about never really building anything around him with this offseason. Their marquee signings were Cody Zeller and Ben McLemore. Um, One of them could not play. Well, I guess Ben McLemore played a little bit in the playoffs, but Cody is a good backup center, but isn't really the the answer to any of their problems. They let Zach Collins go that was always better on paper than it was in practice. So um, I'm not, nothing about them changed for me and Dame really wants to leave. Now I think if he stays, he's going to be the type of guy who you won't notice. Like, I don't think there'll be any difference in his play, Uh, but there's also any chance that he gets traded as well. I don't know. It's a, it's a mess up situation there. They also obviously lose Mello who was actually, pretty decent for them last year um it's just not really a awe-inspiring team for me i don't really think they're going to be able to do anything um they're kind of on the on the way down and i think the grizzlies are on the way up and it's uh one of the last times they'll i think be at this level i'm really high on the grizzlies and, and what they have although i didn't really like either of the trades they made to bring on Bledsoe and Adams just to move up a couple picks. And then 
trading away Bledsoe for a whole lot of scraps. Like I wasn't, I didn't love either of those. I sounds like they may buy out Rajon Rondo too. So not really sure what the end game was for either of those trades. Um, they must really like uh, their, who, I can't even remember who they drafted, Sire Williams um, to move up for him. Yeah, I'm just not, I wasn't crazy about their offseason, but that doesn't really change the fact that their core is really, really good. Jaw, I think, is going to be incredible. Jaron is really, really good. Um, I, I, I would, mm, actually, I don't like that hot take. I'm not going to say it. Uh, the Grizzlies, I think, are going to be a playoff contender for that eight seed. I think they're definitely going to be a play-in team again. I agree. Uh, the Trailblazers and the Grizzlies are in that tier with me, along with the Clippers, who, again, probably would not be in mo- – not probably, would most definitely not be in this tier if Kawhi was healthy um, and if they had anybody else but Eric Bledsoe as their primary backup. Um, That's the spirit. But the other team I have uh, – in the C tier with those three uh, are the New Orleans Pelicans. I love Jonas Valanciunas. I want to start off by, by saying that I think he's a pretty good fit alongside Zion Williamson. And I think hopefully that will open up a lot of things uh, for what they want to do with that offense. I also think Devonte Graham is good. I think this will be a bounce back year for him. And if both of those things are true, they'll be right there competing for that eighth seed. Um, However, there's a reason that, you know, the other than the Grizzlies, when it comes to bright futures and teams I'm excited about, man, the, I feel like the Pelicans could have been one of those teams, but they are just not for me. Like, I love Brandon Ingram, obviously. Love Josh Hart, Zion Williamson. Um, And I think their starting group is going to be really good. Beyond that, man. I don't know. I don't know what David Griffin's doing. I just think he looks a little (laughs) funny outside of the LeBron light. Oh, very much so. Not the same animal about winning anymore. Um, They just had horrendous asset management. And like player management, just everything about their offseason I hated. They were – I don't understand why they were so far out on Lonzo. Uh, he was a terrific fit next to Ingram and Zion. That being said, Devontae Graham, I think, is still a really, really good fit next to those guys. Maybe a little bit more of a consistent shooter. Not, hmm. not nearly the defender, I don't think, or the playmaker. Um. Gives him a higher floor, probably. Valanchunas is a better fit than Steven Adams was, but Steven Adams was a really bad fit <laughs> next to Zion. Like, every other center played better uh, than Steven Adams with Zion. After that, I don't really – I mean, Trey Murphy was looked pretty decent in Summer League. Retaining Josh Hart, I, although I don't know why it took them until the middle of August to do that. Garrett Temple and Sadaransky don't do a lot for me. That being said, Zion's still so incredible that I have them in the D tier, 
Zion's so good that like maybe he elevates them a tier or two because he had games last season where like he literally could not be stopped. Like he would put Joel Embiid, who's one of the best defensive centers in the game, like just absolutely left him left him for dead. So like there's moments if he can do that over a full season, which he basically just did, like if there's a higher ceiling, I guess, then maybe that's the case. But there's also probably a boost from not having Stan Van Gundy be your coach because uh, he was a bit of a mess last season too. So there's reasons they could be better, but I just think ro- their roster got worse over all this off season. So, uh, and from a pure talent standpoint, so I couldn't put them in that tier with these, with the other teams. Yeah, man, that's so weird. I, when you have as many assets as the Pelicans do and that amount of young talent, you ride that wave until something better becomes available. And I think they got scared. I think they jumped off the board too soon. Um, so we'll see how that plays out for them. My guess is not very well. Um, <laughs> so this is where we get a little hot takey. And I don't like doing it. I do like firing off takes. Don't get me wrong. But I don't like that to be the ethos of our podcast. That being said, there is another team I almost put in the C tier. And it's probably not the team you'd expect. For me, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. I love what they're doing. I think Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns are so fun. And if you get a healthy version of D'Angelo Russell into the mix... Man, I I think they're going to be so fun. I am excited for what they can do or what they have the potential to do together. Um, you can throw Malik Beasley in there. I think he he's pretty good as well. But we've, we've heard so much about that core trio of D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards. And the biggest question mark outside of, things relating to health was Anthony Edwards and I think I thought he looked great last season and I think he's due for another big season next year so very uh I again there's a reason I put them in the D tier I think it would be a little ambitious on my part to shoot them up yes, <laughs> the, tiers be ambitious. the Pelicans and the Trailblazers uh you know Teams in the C tier with bona fide all stars. Carl Anthony Towns made an all star game, what, two years ago now? Um, but we'll see, man. I could get old takes exposed, but I think the Timberwolves are going to surprise a lot of people this season. The problem is that they just have nobody to defend. And one of their best defenders was Rubio, who they traded away. I mean, rightfully so. You need D'Angelo and Anthony Edwards to be your guys. And they, more or less look to be the case, but they're not going to defend at all. Um, there were some hilarious games last season I watched for both the Pelicans and Hornets where defense was just optional for that team throughout. So hold on. Am I am I not remembering this correctly? Or did is Patrick Beverly's trade tour in Minnesota right now? I said what I said. <laughs> I You're not tricked? 
No, You're not the one. Pat, Pat Bev trick y'all, and he <laughs> that's has not some, you. Yeah, he has some extreme Eric Bledsoe energy when he's going to be playing in cold ass Minnesota versus for the LA Clippers. Um, maybe he proves me wrong and is first team all defense again, but no, I am not buying into that. He is he is not going to make that much of a difference, and so like. I don't know. I it's it's a fun core, but and they're gonna put up a lot of points, but they're gonna they're going to give up more points, I think. So I almost I have them as one of the bottom teams in the D tier because I just don't think they're gonna defend anything. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think the the team that most people would have expected me to put in the C tier, um, at least when it comes to what they did last season, if we're taking what they did last season into account, is the San Antonio Spurs. But, man, did they botch their offseason. Like, what? What are they doing? I was very confused. They, they're going to be really bad. I would not have – I have them as the worst team in the D tier because I think they're going to be really bad. Um, I didn't like – I don't think anything they did <laughs> – uh Doug McDermott's all right but like I lord nothing that they did I was much of a fan of I they I didn't follow the draft too closely but the general consensus was that they reached on their picks and I I don't even it's just a mess of a team they were barely good last year uh I don't know they just have a lot of guys who would be like really good fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh men on like a contender, but they just have a lot of those guys and nobody who's like actually really good. Mm -hmm. So like, unless you really think this Olympic experience was great for Kelton Johnson and he's going to take this huge leap, like then you just have a bunch of those guys who they relied a lot on DeMar DeRozan last year. And he was incredible down the clutch in a lot of games he's gone rudy gay's gone patty mills is gone like they've replaced him with thad young zach collins and doug mcdermott like i don't even really understand what they're doing i i think they're going to be really really bad this year and alfred camino don't forget him um it's it, it doesn't change <laughs> anything that sounds like a lot of guys who are going to be bought out or traded at the right. deadline i was just gonna say when you said guys that could be really good like sixth or seventh men on teams they will be post trade deadline i feel um and don't get me wrong i love kelton johnson i think he's very good and i think Dejounte murray and Derek white are fun um still waiting on lonnie walker to make that jump and Hmm. god knows what they were thinking with that zach collins contract um they must have just watched the ncaa tournament right before they signed him his highlight reel and be like, we can get that guy. He's in there somewhere. Um, but I hated their off season. They're in the D tier for me. Uh, I don't know if I'd put them at the bottom, the way bottom, uh, but they are definitely near the bottom. The two other teams I have, cause I only have one team in the F tier. I don't know about you. I have two teams in the F tier and one. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I will I will say the Sacramento Kings are in the D tier for me. I think they showed 
I don't know what they're going to do about their guard rotation. I'm going to be completely honest with you. They seem pretty confident they can play three-guard lineups with Davion Mitchell, Darren Fox, and Tyrese Halliburton, which is probably true. Uh, but they didn't trade Buddy Heald. And they re-signed Terrence Davis, who was pretty damn good at the end of last season. So that's a whole mess that they have to sort out. They're, <laughs> they're only real forward on the roster, especially a combo forward is Harrison Barnes. And that's it. End of list. Uh, Lewis King has the potential to be that guy, but even he is kind of, I don't want to say undersized, but he, his physical frame doesn't exactly scream combo forward. And then you have the Marvin Bagley situation, which seemed like it was coming to an end this offseason. Um, it doesn't seem like there's any traction with Buddy Heald or, or Marvin Bagley the third. I'd expect to hear those guys' names closer to the trade at line uh, in the rumor mill. But for now, they're all going to be on the roster. And the biggest thing they have against them is that Luke Walton is still their coach. That's honestly the most amazing thing. I remember... <clears throat> there was a stretch last season where they lost eight or nine straight games. And like they had a game where they lost to the Hornets on like a nine point comeback in the final minute. And I literally wrote in my recap that this was probably the end of the Luke Walton era. And that was in like February. And it, they were just like, nah, he's good. We're going to keep him." And so this roster is one that, seemed like they were shaping up to expect a trade where they might get another forward or two and a guard or something that can play the three, like, I don't know, Trez or KCP or Kuzma or something. (laughs) Their roster would make a lot more sense with that. But yeah, they, from a talent standpoint, they have a lot. Uh, Davion Mitchell looked really good in summer league too. But as you said, Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless are like their only forwards and Bagley is doesn't want to be there and isn't good. He's good on one end of the court, I should say. So I don't know. It's a mess of a situation. Talent wise, they could be in that C tier, but it just doesn't fit. And they have just a not good coach. I was very wrong on Luke Walton. I, I don't know if the tweet still exists because I deleted all my tweets from like 2016 and back, but I was very high on Luke Walton. I really did not think the Lakers should fire him. And I was very wrong on all of that. <laughs> yeah. Not that the roster he's had in Sacramento has been like the best either, but good Lord. If you're frustrated with Frank Vogel's rotations and his like quote unquote favoritism when it comes to personnel. Good Lord. Luke Walton's decisions in, in crunch time are indefensible. Um, but moving on to my last team in the D tier, that is the Houston Rockets. Give me all of the Jalen green stock you have. Cause I'm buying it. And uh, you know, I, Jalen Green and Christian Wood, I think, is a start. Eric Gordon, John Wall, quality veterans. And if there's going to be one guy 
to hold it all together. The re- my, my reason for them just not being an absolute dumpster fire, it is Usman Garuba. <laughs> it, it, listen, it's going to make sense. Four or five months from now when the Rockets aren't technically eliminated from playoff contention yet, you're going to go back to this podcast and remember when I said Garuba is the missing piece, he's going to make it all make sense. And um, I uh, remember I, you saying that, but not for the reason <laughs> you think it is. Uh, you could absolutely make a case for them being in the F tier. I think it is easier than making a case for them to be in the D They're tier. in my F tier. And I don't really know. However, I don't think they are going to be as bad as the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know if that's another hot take, but. No, I would have the Thunder as worse. I would. Actually, I don't know. That'll be, that's going to be close. I, John Wall and Eric Gordon. I think John Wall has two years left, though, on his contract. I was going to say they seem like buyout guys. Uh, well, actually, no, neither of them will be because they gave Eric Gordon that massive contract right before um daryl Morey left and mike d'antoni left and everything so yeah john wall has two years left on this deal next year's a player option so he's probably not going anywhere and eric gordon i think has more than that even so yeah he has two years plus a non-guaranteed third year good lord they are a mess daryl Morey burnt that ship to the ground before uh before leaving also as i looked up there uh basketball reference page do you have any idea how many players they played last season oh god no um i can't i couldn't even tell you what their roster looked like at the end of last (laughs) season yeah i couldn't either that's why i looked it up uh 30 players played at least one game for the rockets last season and yeah i they i knew they had a bunch of roster turnover Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. are decent, along with Jalen Green. I don't really think that Jay Sean Tate was actually pretty good. Outside of that, like, I don't really know what they have. It's just a bunch of mishmash pieces. Uh, DJ Augustine is there, apparently. Um you must be crazy high on Garuba to think that this is this is gonna work. Sangoon, I think, also looked pretty good in summer league, but yeah, I I am hard out on this team, and they might be the worst team in the Western Conference this year. He is a floor raiser, Usman Garuba. He makes a the floor twenty one pretty team. low to start with. So. <laughs> a twenty win team into a twenty five win team. You mark my words. Um, before we move on to the Thunder, uh, which I don't imagine we'll spend much time on, uh, I will give you props if you can name the last night of the Rocket season three players that that started for them. <laughs> um, Kevin Porter Jr. Nope. No, for one. Uh, <laughs> I think David Nwaba was there. No, David Nwaba, uh, I believe, was hurt to end last season (laughs) uh jay sean tate yes all right and then lord i I don't think christian wood was healthy was he no i couldn't tell you anybody else 
It was uh, Kelly Olynyk, DJ oh, Augustine, yeah. Kenyon Martin, and Anthony Lamb. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. I <laughs> forgot DJ Augustine existed until I looked up their depth chart. Like, uh, he is. Oh, I was trying to look up his age. He, oh, 